0: Winning season returns at MyBookie. Winning season means doubling your first deposit. Winning season means insane player props, epic bonuses, and the craziest cross-sport wagers. At MyBook, winning season means watching live sports and betting live sports all season long. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are starting off right where they left off last year, and the NFL is officially returning in a big way. That means action-packed Sundays and huge cash prizes week in, week out. Get in on the action. Use promo code ZABE and double your first deposit new players get up to a thousand dollars in free play designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet bet with the best in the nfl this season for your chance to win big use promo code zabe and double your first deposit your winning season begins today only at myBookie. Today on the Zabecast, Andy Poland joins me to bask in the glory of a Red Wolves opening day win. We also talk uniforms, name change, new announcers, and the ongoing farce that is Dick Stockton. Also, San Diego has just had it. Pennsylvania got slam dunked on in court, and there might be hope yet for the coronavirus madness to finally break. Your daily Kickstarter of Uncensored Me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go. <laughs> here we go. Tuesday, September 15, 2020. Thank you for downloading, thank you for joining me and thank you by the way for reading the descriptions. The written descriptions of this particular, you know, podcast in the episode notes. I thought nobody read those. I put in a little note yesterday to go, why am I writing this? Nobody reads this stuff. Somebody said, "Oh, I wish you had I wish you had written an actual what's in this episode because if I had known it was your two cowboy buddies, I would have skipped it. See that's the thing. Every time I write these previews, I have this, oh shit. It's like I got to sell people. I got to sell people. Here's who's going to be on the the podcast today. Here's what I'm going to talk about. But don't don't worry. You, you you may not like it, but it'll be okay. You know what the podcast is, no matter who I have on, 100% fucking me. You come for me. I'm the show. I'm the guy you need, you want in your ears right now. I'm in your ears right now. Okay, that was kind of weird. Sorry, I won't do that again. Well, It's kind of egotistical too, wasn't it? But not necessarily wrong. You just got to trust me. If you give me, you know, 35, 40 minutes a day, I'll give you something good to listen to. And a few F-bombs. Let's start in San Diego. San Diego has been backed into a corner, and you never back baby into a corner. Here is San Diego Supervisor Jim Desmond on what's going to happen next in San Diego.
1: Everyone, Uh, Supervisor Jim Desmond with you here on Monday, September 14th, uh, letting you know that tomorrow is a Board of Supervisors meeting. It starts at 9 a.m. and at 10 a.m. time certain, I'm told, that uh, we are actually going to have the COVID um, item uh, discussed uh, at the Board of Supervisors meeting. So we need businesses to call in. We need you, your participation. We need your voices heard, you know, to call in to, uh, to the meeting. Let us know if 25% capacity at your restaurant is making any money. You know, th- we're, we're in, in a corner now here with what the state has done with this new color-coded um, system of criteria for opening. Really, they're keeping us closed. To get to the yellow, which is the, the best possible scenario, which is only 50% of our churches and our, our restaurants get a and, of this. and gyms and things like that open, we have to get to an impossible less than one positive case per 100,000. One. As I said before, even if we had a vaccine, it couldn't guarantee those types of results. So basically, we're in a box. The state has put us there, and now the state is also manipulating our numbers, we're, we're bouncing between purple and, and red, and it just seems like, the, you know, we've got no place else to go. We need, this is the time, folks, to call in. Let us hear what it is, you know, your frustrations. I'm going to be making a motion that we do not enforce the state's open enclosure uh, guidelines, even though they're still going to be in place and businesses are going to may be taking or will be taking a risk if they open. But this, as a county, we should not be enforcing these impossible uh, state rules, that we can't meet those those criteria to even get beyond 50% open. Time to get mad, folks. Time to get energized. Give a call tomorrow. I'll be listening. Thanks a lot. Yes. Fucking
0: yes. It's about time. It's long past time. Meanwhile, in Pennsylvania, a district Judge has smacked down Governor Tom Wolfe and his health secretary on their closures. They were sued by four different counties in Pennsylvania. And the judge, a Trump appointee, wrote in his decision, quote, the liberties protected by the Constitution are not fair weather freedoms in, a, in place when times are good but able to be cast aside in times of trouble, said Judge Stickman. Great name for a judge, by the way. Stickman. There is no question that this country has faced and will face emergencies of every sort. But the solution to a national crisis can never be permitted to supersede the commitment to individual liberty that stands as the foundation of the American experiment. The Constitution cannot accept the concept of a New normal where the basic liberties of the people can be subordinated to open-ended emergency mitigation members. A total shutdown of a business with no end date and the specter of additional future shutdowns can cause critical damage to a business's ability to survive, to an employee's ability to support him or herself, and adds a government-induced cloud of uncertainty to the usual unpredictability of nature and life. Beautiful decision. Who knows if it's going to stand? Who knows where it goes next? But still, these are hopeful things. And you need these hopeful things because you see so many depressing things out there. The most depressing are either the political agitators that just want to keep this going because they're trying to win an election. And remember, incumbents, when things are bad, fare poorly. So, the more that the out of party can fuck things up, it'll be better for them. It may backfire, but they're trying to not make it good right now. And that's obvious. But beyond just the political actors and the paid pundits who are in the tank of, oh, no, we got to keep it shut down, there's a lot of scared people out there. There's a lot of scared people who are completely irrational. They are the sheep. So you and me and others with a brain thinking for ourselves, we're outnumbered, man. We're outnumbered way too much. It's goddamn depressing. So whenever you hear somebody or see somebody and you go, thank you, it makes you feel good. Here's a woman on the streets in London, no mask on, giving it to somebody from the Beeb about, What's really going on?
1: people, yeah. they're not using this. They're using what the media is saying to them. Yeah. Use your brain. Look at the coronavirus. It's an old woman People too. die every year, elderly people after Christmas. How many extra people have died? Yeah.
2: Not too many. No. But yet the, the news is telling us we should be all walking around blooming scared. It doesn't scare me. Yeah, yeah. girl. So what, how do you get your information then? Why, how do you know what you know about the fact that the figures are actually lower than what the I media is I don't are get it from BBC News. No. It's the same old garbage all the time. Yeah. You're going to die tomorrow. Yeah. I look at the economy, what's happening, and I look at all those who are milking the system because they do not go to work because the government is having to supply them with this money all the time. Mm. England must get back to work again because the economy has just gone down to the pits. Yeah. Stop thinking what your head. Yeah.
0: Love it. I love that woman. Speaking of uh, you know the way that extended unemployment works to disincentivize, I've been hearing on our station in D.C., the Team 980, advertisements from MGM Grand in the D- uh, D.C. market saying, we're hiring. We're hiring. We need this, we need that, we need dealers, we need this, da, da 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 And I was like, damn. I always thought those were pretty good jobs, all things considered. And now they're, they're openly advertising, hey, we need people. And I'm thinking, well, probably a combination of things. One, too many people on unemployment. That's paying them as much, if not more, so why work? Secondly, the sheep that are scared to be amongst a bunch of other people. And possibly catch the rona, and on top of it, they probably don 't want to wear masks, but it 's a it 's a hell of a thing, and I know a guy i 'll just call him the felt father, who nearly died of coronavirus and not that old either, about my age, had a hell of a bout with it early, early in the pandemic. He sent me a long email chronicling it. And uh, I love you, Felt Father. if you're listening out there. I'm glad you're better. And, and he, uh, he is a high-level VIP host at this very casino, so he would have some idea about this. But he was already, believe it or not, on not furlough. He was on, like, leave from his job at the casino when he caught the row, and he doesn't know where. He has no idea. He said he went to a CarMax to buy a car, but he was not close to anybody for any extended period of time, wasn't licking any doorknobs or anything. Doesn't know. And he had a tough go of it early on. Anyway, the fight continues. The fight has to continue. And what's sad is that, you know, Ron DeSantis is just, he's got a layup line of dunks on people that are not covering Florida now that the numbers are way down. Florida update, DeSantis tweets, the number of COVID hospitalizations down 73%, 73% since July peak. Number of COVID-positive patients hospitalized in the ICU, down 65%. 29% of hospital beds currently empty. 25% of ICU beds currently empty. Number of COVID-positive hospital admissions, lowest since June 11th. Percent positive for new cases is 3.9%. Broward at 2.6%. miami dade 4%. Continuing to be very low. And that's, by the way, with our high cycle threshold. A number of patients currently being treated for COVID in Florida, 4% of all licensed beds in hospitals. Oh, the hospitals are going to be overrun. Where's the media? Nowhere. Crickets, cowards, boo, liars, evil. And then first thing you get from the comments, liar, you're lying. And they're like, you know, uh, you're making up these numbers. So the people believe the numbers when they're high, but then when they're low, they say DeSantis is lying and there's cover-up theories and everything else. God, is it bullshit. It's a mixture. It's a mixture of political operatives who want to keep this thing going and just a lot of scared people and a lot of easily scared people. And a lot of people that just don't care, they're like, oh, what's the big deal? Eventually things will open. You know, that For them, their daily routine is... I only go to the store once every other couple days, otherwise, I'm kind of home. What do I care? You should care because when they start taking freedom away, you got to fight for them every step of the way. Look at this as an example. Holy shit. Anyway, okay, enough of that. We move on. Andy Poland is up next. We'll talk some football announcers and a whole lot more in the spectacularness that is Chase Freaking Young. Da, ba, da, da. Hello, like, hello, Andy. Well, that was a pleasant surprise, wasn't it? The Washington football team winning a game down 17. I almost tweeted 0-1 oh, just because I was in one of those moods, but I didn't. So, old takes exposed. Don't have me this time. Plenty of other takes, though. What did uh, you think of the game?
2: Wow. Um you know, it started out like so many typical Washington, Philadelphia games. And, you know, there was no sign of anything that was going to happen positively. Uh, In fact, I thought Philadelphia blew a couple of opportunities, but it was bizarre in that they were down 17, nothing yet. They had four sacks and you're thinking something's not right here. And you know that they already had offensive line trouble coming into the game. It got to the point where one of their starting linemen, I think it was the right tackle, who was making his first NFL start, had to go out and they put in an Australian rules football guy, some mountainous <laughs> guy about 6'8", yes. just just learning the three-point stance or something like that. So, uh, yeah. so eventually, you know, that Sip-like offensive line gave way. And then Carson Wentz got really skittish after he threw that first interception. I mean, he wasn't the same guy after that. And uh, good for them for coming back. And look, the defense looks good. And for once, there's a big hyped guy coming out of college in Chase Young who looks like he's the real thing.
0: You know, we could have taken Tua Tonga-Vailoa. Everyone was trying to tank for Tua, and then he got hurt. Mm -hmm. And so that knocked his draft status down. We could have had him in theory. He didn't play on Sunday. Fitzpatrick did. I guess he's not ready health-wise, or they don't think he's grasped the offense yet. Chase Young looks dominant right out of the gate. It looks like he could be our Joey Bosa or Nick Bosa or uh, not Sam Darnold uh, or Aaron Donald or a combination of the two. It is nice to get what looks like a sure thing.
2: Well, you know, Brian Kerrigan had one of his best games yesterday. He had two sacks and a fumble recovery. And you may remember in his first game, which was against the Giants, he tipped an Eli Manning pass in the air and picked it off for six. And I think a lot of us thought, well, here's the game-breaking guy that they need. And while he's been really steady and he's now set the team record for the most sacks, he isn't a disruptor in the way that Lawrence Taylor was.
0: Maybe Young that's an that that's guy. an unfair bar. Come on. you can't no. say, well Carrigan's not Lawrence Taylor. Well, no, no shit, Lawrence Taylor's a Hall of famer.
2: right, but he but he also isn't the kind of guy that completely disrupts a game and and maybe Chase Young could be that guy.
0: Do you feel like Carrigan has been underappreciated in this town?
2: Yeah, probably because he's been on so many bad teams. You know, and he hasn't had a lot of help. And because they're you know, the way they've drafted always going for the shiny objects, they haven't done what they've done in the last few years. I mean, that's that's starting to pay off. When you continue to draft defensive linemen in the first round, you're gonna build up a stable of, of pretty good linemen and they've done it.
0: Never missed a game, double digit sacks. Every year until just last year, I believe, was the first year he didn't have that. How can you not love that production, especially from a mid first round pick? They traded down that year. They could have taken Blaine Gabbert, who sucked. They trade down and they get Kerrigan, who's been great. I think the the reason that a lot of fans, not a lot, not some, let me put it that way, some red skin or red. Wolf or Washington football team fans. <laughs> the, the reason that some fans are not that excited by Kerrigan is he's so perfect. He has got the perfect hair. He's a perfectly marketable guy. He's super nice, says nothing like mm-hmm. we used to have him on the show and it was yeah. a tough interview. Right. And so right. because of that and being on bad teams, they overlooked that you and I will be dead before we have a guy that plays this many years, doesn't miss a game and his double digit sacks every single year up until this what 10th year.
2: Right, right. He's been that, you know, maybe I'm I'm a victim of listening too carefully to the Cooley film breakdowns where, you know, Chris Cooley would <laughs> would would tell you, "Well, you know, the, the numbers look good, but here's what I saw."
0: Yeah, the Man. numbers look good. Sacking a guy is really hard to do in the NFL. Yes, Everyone chases 10 sacks a year. Very few people get to it.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, look, Dexter Manley played on a really good defense with a bunch of guys who took care of the other stuff. And they said, Dexter, go get the quarterback. And he did, 91 times in his career, which held up for 30 years until Kerrigan broke it. And Kerrigan probably does more than Dexter did. He does a variety of things on defense. And you're right, we don't appreciate it because the team has been so bad.
0: Do you you feel like Dwayne Haskins has matured? Have you bought into that narrative? I mean, I guess all it takes is not taking a selfie and losing some weight you're like this guy's matured he may have i'm not discounting it i just find it funny how easily the media and the fans buy into a narrative
2: well the last time he won a game at fedex field he wasn't available for the last snap i know he was taking selfies (laughs) this one the post-game story is the locker room speech he gave while the coach was getting an IV in another room yeah so I would say that's a step up.
0: I would say that's a step up. And, and the actual dynamics of the speech and the IV, who knows how accurate it is. It's a great story. Someone said it's very movie-like, you know?
2: <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's almost sometimes when the boys are down, tell them to go out there and win one for the
0: Haskins. Your coach is <laughs> battling for his life with cancer. He's gonna right. live. It's just a squamous cell. I don't care. He's getting an IV right now. It's not chemotherapy. No. <laughs> you go out there and fight, 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 fight. It helped that Carson Wentz sucked. I gotta believe there are some serious doubts in Philly about Carson Wentz at this point.
2: Oh, Philadelphia Sports Radio today had to be on
0: fire. <laughs> yes, <laughs> <laughs>
2: and 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 now Nick Foles is johnny unitas right you're you're
0: up 17 nothing doug peterson run the fucking ball it's not that complicated slow the game down you know they
2: didn't have they didn't have an offensive line and their top running back was out too
0: okay well run 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 punt play defense run 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 punt play defense skins offense wasn't doing anything i'm sorry the Washington football team. Mm -hmm. All right, let's talk about that. I know you've never been a big uniform guy. You've always been agnostic about the name. You said, I'll root for him no matter what the name is. Mm -hmm. Having seen week one with the end zones, with the uniforms, with people calling him the football team, how are you?
2: Well, I mean, it's it's hard to get a true picture now. One, they won the game. And two, there were no fans there.
0: But are you annoyed? Are you annoyed? Are you annoyed at all of it? that were playing this season under such An- a stupid that were playing this season under such a stupid fucking non-name and with such stupid mismatched uniforms.
2: Well they didn't really have a choice.
0: Yes they did. Uniform. Yes. What could they have done? Snyder what, what could have said, mean? I'm changing the name, but not this year. It's gonna take some time. We never believe this name was offensive we don't now but we're changing it anyway guess what we're playing this year under redskins and you can suck on it and like it he didn't have the balls to do that
2: well he didn't because there's too many other forest fires going on. <laughs> that's around. true that's and, true and, and so and, and and i thought you know the the email that he sent to the wall street journal oh where he said unbelievable uh, they might, they might it, keep it, it. But but the way he worded it, like, eh, I don't know, Eh, that's fine, you know. Like, like
0: it's a classy. He's like, it's a classy thing. I'm like, shut up! Oh my god! Hopefully, Bezos names the new team when he finally (laughs) takes over. That's all I can hope for. The the notion of this doofus getting a whole new restart with a new stadium and a new name will make me so sick. That's when I'll leave, Andy. When they finally rebrand, and if Snyder survives, then I'm out. But, I'd I'd rather Snyder go and then be called the Bobcats with uh with, with a uh, with a green and teal color scheme. I'd rather that.
2: Well, look, I think I think there is every fan would take it as a win if Snyder has gone. I, I can't imagine that there's a group of fans who say we believe in our owner and we want to keep this owner. I think that's that's the number one thing They they would like to get rid of him. Uh, but I don't know if that's going to happen. So I think you've got to look at it like this is the owner. How's it going to work out in the All future? Right. I, I, thought, I thought there was an interesting shot yesterday. I don't know if you saw this, but Snyder's sitting up in his box alone with a mask on, of course. sitting next to Jason Wright. That's a seat that's been occupied by two people, primarily during the ownership of Snyder. Vinny? Vinny Serrato and Bruce Allen, who... Seemingly was kicked out last year,
0: and Alex Smith. You know, we're driven by the search for better. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all, don't search match. You need, indeed, stepped into that Yes, because Snyder's a coward. He needed to up the quality quotient. Snyder knew that Bruce had become hated. And so once Bruce became uh, too toxic, he said goodbye. This is what Snyder does with all of his quote-unquote friends and confidants and close inner circle.
2: Right. And so the point I would make about Jason Wright is... He's sitting there now. That's a spot that new guys have sat in and think, okay, well, it's a new day for this football team. But Wright, in his interviews, has been very careful to talk about the name. We got to get it right. We got to talk to the right people. We got to get the right feel. Yeah. And here's Snyder saying to the Wall Street Journal, eh, Washington football team, if that's what it is, that's what it is. You know? Jesus.
0: Talk about begging for his ownership life. Yeah. That's what it's come yeah. down to. All right, you don't care about the uniforms I trust. The uniforms well, guess- the uniforms were a goddamn disgrace. They were they were all a mishmash. The helmet number matches nothing. There's no need not to have a stripe on the helmet and they wore the worst combination they have, which is the brick red top on the white pants. Boo.
2: And you would have gone with what? The yellow pants? Sure. <laughs> okay. But Why not? I, I thought that got thrown out with Bruce Allen. Okay,
0: how about the red pants, white top?
2: Fine, they could do that. You know, I, uh, yeah, you know, maybe the the Washington hadn't been stitched onto the white tops yet. You know, these were the ones that were ready. I don't
0: know. They could have gone back to the old spear logo.
2: No, I don't think they're going to do that. I think that's that's too close to no. Wednesday, as a,
0: as a temporary thing.
2: No no, I don't think they want any uh Native American imagery None.
0: no, no I'm sure they don't, but I'm just saying there could have been a lot of things well, I'll check back with I'll check back with you on this issue every four weeks okay, and we'll see how you are come week eighteen or seventeen because <laughs> it's going to wear everyone down what the uniforms the name every oh. the whole thing eh, this has never been we've never had a team with a temporary name in the history of the NFL ever.
2: Uh, is that right? Yeah, oh yeah, we did have one. Who? The Steagles. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Tell people what the Steagles were, Andy. Uncle this Andy. During
2: World, World War II, and there was a shortage of players actually. They were all all fighting the war, and so the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Philadelphia Eagles combined
0: for a year to become the Steagles. <laughs> okay, there you go. The Steagles, that's it. <laughs> All right, other observations from week one. in. Oh, First of all, before we get off the Washington football team, the new broadcast booth. Now, <clears throat> full disclosure, Andy Pollan works with Bram Weinstein over at the Sports Capital, AM 630, and <clears throat> right. you're not going to take a hatchet to him, but you will offer some helpful constructive criticism. The one bit of feedback I've gotten from lots of people is you can't talk over the play-by-play call.
2: Yes, you have to lay out. Now, there can be a big play where you might, you know, let out a a cheer or something like that. But you have to let the play get called for two reasons. One, the person who's listening, you know, doesn't have any view of how exciting it is. So it's got to be described as to what happened. And two, this is this is a big deal for not just the next day but for long-term where NFL films will take the radio calls. Thank you. And, and and you've got to pair them up with video. And so, you know, you need a clean call to, to make it work. And that's so whoever he's working with, it's, it, it's Julie Donaldson and D'Angelo Hall, they both have to understand, let the play out, and then they can react.
0: Yeah. I agree with you on that. I thought Bram was pretty solid. Uh, D. Yep. Hall was better than expected. Julie, is a class act and a very good broadcaster, mostly on TV. I have doubts about the need for a second non-football player in the booth. That is very unusual, be it a man or a woman. This has nothing to do with the fact that she is not a man. It's a matter of how many non-football voices do you need in that booth because time is precious. You know, plays come like this. You know, you got to get in, stick, and move. That's something they're going to have to work on. But overall, it's not like I really missed Larry. I do miss Cooley and Doc. But Larry was in the bottom 10, I think, of NFL announcers.
2: Yeah, well, he, had a, he had a long run. He lasted 16 years, and, uh, you know, I, I thought he was he was solid. I didn't think he was terrible. But, well, uh yeah,
0: solid as yeah. a bottom half yeah. of the league. All right, speaking of announcers who suck, you mentioned the fact that Dick Stockton <laughs> got called up spot duty because Kenny Albert, who's been calling the NHL playoffs – was going to go from bubble to bubble, but the NFL said, no, you got to quarantine, so he couldn't call the game. They dragged up Dick Stockton. I guess everybody else was busy or something, and Mm -hmm. Dick Stockton, unfortunately, was on full display of doesn't have it, can't do it, long past his prime. You have a shocking moment at the end of the game in which DeAndre Swift of the Lions, rookie running back, drops a stone-cold touchdown pass, and Dick Stockton says, what, Andy?
2: (laughs) Something about... And the pass is incomplete to the Lions linebacker. And I just... Linebacker! My forehead. First of all, the game really isn't on my radar. Uh, generally, what I do when the Washington team is playing, I watch the full game. Occasionally, during the commercials, I'll flip over to the Red Zone channel. But I don't go full Red Zone unless, you know, it's, uh, the Washington the playing at four or has a Monday night game or something like that. I go full Red Zone when they're not on. So the Washington game ends. As soon as it ends, they switch to this Detroit-Chicago game. And it's coming down to this last play. This is the most important play of the game. And it sure looks like a touchdown pass that Swift drops. And to not even know that he's a running back and call him a linebacker, come on.
0: I know. that, that so, it, it, And we'll all be that way if we're allowed to broadcast long enough.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it, it look. He had his day. And well, so, I, why?
0: I, so, so here's the why why, 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 why?
2: Somebody, somebody doesn't, and you know, this may be partially related to what's happening to Dick Vitale at espn and his date is done i mean he's he's 81 years old now and he doesn't really do anything but vitale. he just you know does his vitals. you know know what he does andy
0: here here's what he does he stands in his driveway and delivers these one minute rants about tom brady Take a listen. Bucks. We're expecting some greatness. However, let me say this: I'm not shocked at all. They played the a team, the Saints, 26 and six their last two years in regular season play. Veterans, great talent, Breeze, Kamara and company. So playing on the road in that situation, no exhibition games. I think that was big this year. For the- <laughs> I mean, is that is that sad or is it sort of yeah. endearing in its own way? But
2: but I think the executives at ESPN realize that if he's not doing this anymore, it it might kill him. I mean, that's, right? That's, you
0: do it to stay alive. You do it because this is what you're used to doing all these years. It energizes right. you. You know, this has been right. taken away from Dick Vitale, so and everyone. At, yeah.
2: So they look at Stockton, and I think they they say to themselves, well. You know, he's done it a long time, and if we have to go through firing him, that'll make us look bad, and he'll be sad, so we're just going to kind of keep him around. He wasn't part of the regular rotation, so this was an emergency fill-in situation. I get that, but he, he can't even do that anymore. You know, yeah. it, it's time. It's It's just time to move on and you know, why, why, why does he need to do it? Why don't,
0: is that? I don't know. And the, this, the, the, the two things that I would tell any young aspiring broadcaster, because who wouldn't want to call NFL games on television, which by the way, I think is to me, when I look at the pinnacle of the industry, that's it. Television, play by play NFL. Mm-hmm. I mean, what would, what would be your pinnacle of the industry?
2: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, gotta be it i would i would think i mean it used to be that the the biggest respected guy was Brent when he did the studio show. okay i guess maybe
0: being a major sports anchor for a network but those guys Mm. that do multi-sport things don't exist anymore bob costas and brent musburger the concept of those guys doesn't exist they'll have somebody for baseball somebody for basketball somebody for football
2: right and and look at look at joe buck i mean joe buck has baseball and he does football. I yeah, mean, he's the number one guy for for those two sports. Yeah,
0: let me put it this way: the two sport number one play by play voice is the pinnacle of the industry. Yeah, so I, I don't think that, so. Buck uh, and and Nance right now are yeah. like that pinnacle guy. So and there, yeah,
2: yeah, there's certain guys that are just just really really good at it. I'll, I'll tell you a guy who. Who's who's on the level of the best and is always a notch below is Iron Eagle. Iron Eagle does a great broadcast. He does, and and, and, he, and he's know, reached sound. he's
0: reached his highest limit. You know why? He's not well, very flashy. No, that's true. In this day yes. and age, you got to be a sizzle machine. Oh, by the way, speaking of sizzle, can I get can I put a quarter in the Skip Bayless jukebox?
2: Oh, God, <laughs> I mean, you know, I I have known Skip Bayless for forty years. He was in Dallas. When I was in Dallas, and one of the one of the Skip Bayless stories is uh, it, he was not at all fat, but he was not in you know tip top shape, and he took up running because you know that's what people did in the early eighties, and you yeah, just
0: running for an undetermined yeah. amount of time, says Ron Burgundy. Go ahead,
2: Look, right. and then he got himself in in very good shape, which he still is now. He's like a workout maniac, but he wrote a column in which he said. Well, now that I'm in such good shape, the athletes are more likely to talk to me. And I thought, you know, I, I at that time I was doing a lot of locker room stuff Holy and I had never shit. And I had never had an athlete say, "Yeah, I, I'd like to give you a few minutes here, but you know, you're about 20 pounds overweight and I just <laughs> it just can't do it." <laughs> <you know? laughs>
0: well, he was so as far as the mental illness thing and what yeah. Dak I mean, what what do you some are saying uh, like Whitlock is saying he's nervous because his contract is up and mm-hmm. he's not going to be renewed at the 6 million a year he was getting.
2: Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that was intentional because he, if you watch the whole clip, he says at the beginning, now nah, people may kill me for
0: this. Right. You know? ah, yeah. You're going to bring your wrath down on me.
2: Yeah. So he, he understands what he's going to say is, is, uh, Hot take-ish. Is be, yeah. And, and, you know, but I, I think, I think that he also, it, it's interesting that he did that because he's such a big cowboy fan, you know, he's, he's, he's right. not, doesn't, doesn't hide that, but he decided to go in that direction, which, you know, it, it just was really stupid. It there was, a, that was a no win that he should have been smart what, enough to realize. What
0: was the worst take? Well, which one was worse that take or Stephen A saying that Steve Nash enjoyed white privilege? because he was hired with no experience, even though six other black coaches with no experience have been hired in the NBA.
2: Yeah. And one of them was Doc Rivers and Doc Doc Rivers, when he took the job, people were saying, well, well, how's it fair that you go right from playing to being a coach? And he said, well, this is the route I took and this was available and uh, not everybody could play in the NBA for a long time. And I did it, and he made the most of it. So, and it wasn't—it wasn't just that it was a stupid take by Stephen A. It was all the other black commentators who came down and said, "No, no, 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 no. We, no, no, that's not the case." Which
0: makes me think, every now and then, those guys are handed a take by management, and they're told, "No,
2: nah. nah. no, I don't think so. No, I, I think." Do you I know that
0: Steve- Jim Rome had a take writer all these years? Well
2: jim rome is, is something else and jim rome isn't isn't on the national radar like that he's got his group of people and okay. i've never understood how he stayed on the air but stephen a is the highest paid person at espn so what and i mean
0: said so the top artists in music have their songs written for them most right, of them I, there's tape writers there's songwriters there's script writers for presidents not everybody writes their own shit andy you do but not everybody
2: no, but I think I don't think that was handed to him. I think he just is, is under the pr- gun that he's got to stay controversial. Oh. And so the way he handled that the next day,
0: I am was not du- backing down.
2: Yeah. Double down on loud. I'm yeah. not going to shut up. And <laughs> and, and uh, yeah, but you, you you said the same stupid thing, just louder. And the people who really know what's going on, including your fellow African-American commentators, all said, no, no, that's not what happened here. Yeah.
0: Uh, back to football. I'm depressed that there are not fans in the stands, and it's not the same for me. Do you miss the fans on television?
2: Yes, yes. It's I, definitely a different experience. But when the game gets going, if it's a good game, I still am into it. And you know, we also have to realize it's better than nothing. And I,
0: I know it's not- better than nothing. And I've quickly, like many ungrateful Americans, I'm the ugly American, I've gone right past, thank God, it's something, to I'm still not happy because it's not what I want. <laughs>
2: yeah, but, but, okay, did you watch Did you watch any of the, you must have watched the Kansas City game on Thursday night. I did. Okay, and they had fans in the stands. And the game was, wasn't very good. But yeah, it was about 20%, but it was loud at the beginning, and Al Michaels made a point of saying, we're not piping in crowd noise, this is it. He
0: said that? Yeah, he said th- th- this I thought is they real... had to have piped in some. I know so this. I. I know this. The 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 Cowboy Ram game was close. It was not exciting in part because Al Michaels needs to hang it up as well. He was mm. disinterested. I know you'll never get down with that take. <laughs> One of these days you will. You know he's taken like 4 weeks off this year Al Michaels.
2: I know and he's also said he's not leaving when his contract is up. <laughs>
0: What? What does well, that he's mean? Not
2: leaving, not leaving TV. I mean, he'll. He What's he gonna another? do? He'll go to another network
0: to call games. Yeah. Fuck him. Retire. You're not good anymore. You're disinterested. Yeah. Without a crowd last night, Al Michaels sounded completely out of it. You mm. watch big play after big play, and inter- an interception greeted with, and that's intercepted. Hmm. That's the you know, opposite of Tessator, which some people would say I prefer it that way. I don't know. Eh. Anyway, are you set personally being a guy like me that likes to watch at home? Even though you miss the fans, are you set? Are you like, okay, I can deal with this for the whole season if that's what it's going to take?
2: Oh, yeah. Okay. No, I'm, I'm, I'm down for, for all 16 games. One other thing on Al that, that, that disinterested, the one other time I heard him that way, you know, Al was, was primarily a baseball guy when he started doing Monday night football. And Monday night football, I don't know when he started, it was probably in the early eighties. And there was a night when the Mets were playing the seventh game of the World Series and the then Redskins were playing the New York Giants. And you could tell he did not want to be doing a football game that night. He was much more interested in the seventh game of the World Series. Sure. That's the, sure. that's the only other time I've heard him disinterested. So. Uh two
0: All more right. two more things real quick. Thing number one, the Big Ten. We are still in limbo as of this taping on Monday afternoon. Your thoughts.
2: Uh yeah. I it looks like they're coming up, but did, did I not read something that Michigan and Michigan State won't participate in this? That's that in-
0: the rumor from Dan Patrick. Can yeah. you believe I mean the, the president of Michigan, this guy Mark Schlissel, I don't give a shit if he's a doctor and an epidemiologist. He'll be out of his he'll be out on his ass if he votes no and Michigan stays home and the rest of the conference plays. You can't right. survive that at Michigan. Bo Schembechler, you are you kidding me? He's dead plus, man presidenting.
2: Plus, you have the coach Jim Harbaugh leading the charge to play. It's a weird, weird dynamic there. And I, I you know, and the and Big how do you feel about Maryland?
0: How do you feel about Maryland?
2: Well, I mean, Maryland is you know they're they're a ride along.
0: <laughs> but you like watching their games. You've gone yeah. to their games.
2: Yeah, I do. But but in terms of their influence on Big Ten football compared to Michigan,
0: Therea T- T- Tagavialoa was going to play this year. To his younger mm, brother, transfer. Yeah,
2: yeah maybe. I don't, maybe. It, yeah, I don't know if that's a hundred percent whether they got the, the waiver or not. I no, think they they did. Did. no, they did. No, he was cleared. Game. Okay, so maybe he was going to play. But Maryland football is, is so far down on the radar. Of,
0: okay, so you don't of, care uh, about that per se.
2: No, I mean, it'd be nice if they play. There'd be something else to watch on uh, on Saturday. And, you know, I don't know if, you know, they're not going to have fans in the stands this year.
0: Okay, but, all right. Uh, and then uh, finally this, Ruckers folded it up. I yeah. remember how much you took the glee at uh bennegan's finally going belly up because you hated that place i made you go to it on yeah. at least one occasion do you feel the same for the giant hamburger chain fud ruckers
2: absolutely not
0: Bennegan oh s- oh
2: suck <laughs> and and fud ruckers actually i i was ground floor on that that started in san antonio when i was there and uh and that was when it when it opened. Oh, this is so cool! You get to see them grind the meat there, and wow, this is so great! And and the and the you know the burgers were good. There weren't a million hamburger chains then, and you know everything was was fresh. and And I really, I really liked it. And then when the kids were little, they used to have like Tuesday nights or something. Kids eat free, and we would go, you know, on a fairly regular basis. I I, I will miss that. That was a that was a wonderful place. I it's, thought.
0: it's hamburgers though, Andy. It's just I'm a hamburger.
2: I understand. But now there are a million places to get hamburgers, but when it opened, that was sort of unique.
0: It's like what Larry King once said about the movie Black Hawk Down. Remember? If you like
2: war, it's war, it's war. Yeah, if you like war,
0: it's war. It's a hamburger. A if you like a hamburger, <laughs> Fuddruckers is your place. Right, right, right. All right, Andy. Always a pleasure. The football team is 1-0 and oh, on to Arizona to chase down Kyler Murray and try to stop DeAndre Hopkins. Good luck to the boys, right?
2: Yeah, seven-point underdogs, but they were underdogs against the
0: Eagles, too. All right, very good. Thanks, buddy. All right, Dave. See you. We'll end on this. I've often said there's only two types of men in the world. Those who have shit their pants as an adult and liars. Oh, what? You disagree with me on that? Araldis Chapman on the mound at Yankee Stadium. What happens,
2: Aaron? uh, What sent you to the mound for Chapman in the ninth inning? Why did you head out there? I was just checking on him. Um, What did you see? I guess
1: Um, he's fine. Okay. It (laughs) seemed like we'll leave it at that.
2: (laughs) Okay. After he got the out, he was kind of laughing and he turned around to center field. What was going on with that? (laughs) He he's fine. He's fine. (laughs) Mother Nature okay. calls sometimes.
0: Oh. <laughs>
1: okay. Take no follow-up. Up. Okay. Aaron, uh, what sent you...
0: So there you go. Hey, man, I, I applaud Chapman for staying in the game. One of the guys in our fantasy league, uh, Joe Foster, the, or no, maybe it's Big Stupid. <laughs> I forget where this term came from, but his the name of his fantasy team is and this is an adult podcast, and Ma, you shouldn't be listening. Ma, don't listen. Emerging shit stains. (laughs) An emerging shit stain in your pants. Only two types of men in the world. Those who have shit their pants and stone-cold liars. And don't you forget it. Thank you for listening and downloading. Have yourself a wonderful Tuesday. Tell a couple friends about this ZabeCast. Spread the word. Let's keep it growing. It's been doing great. As always, thank you for listening. Have a great Tuesday, and we will see you next time.